0: I love living the hunt life, along with my kids and my lovely wife. Taking in the land that the good Lord made, and doing the things that make this country great. And doing my part to keep the things in line, respecting the land that's yours and mine. No doubt about it, this is right. Here's a good life. This is living the hunt life.
1: Welcome to the on air home for the Brotherhood of Hunters. Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Hunt Life. Take aim. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Logaman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz.
2: Good morning and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show and, and folks, uh it's it's myself, Kevin Favor and Kirk Waltz. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Uh Jeff is not here this morning. He's actually out doing some. Hunt Life Outdoor Show Research.
3: Absolutely, and that needs to be done, so we're up to because date.
2: We're, on, we're close.
3: On the wild world.
2: I mean, you know, we're, we're around here. We're only a few weeks, I would say a few weeks, six weeks or so from rifle season in, in, in South Carolina.
3: Yep, that's I mean, right. You know, it's so August 1st.
2: So anyway, I, I'm yep. starting to get the itch. But got a very special show today, Captain Kirk.
3: We do, we do. We've got one of our own uh, Mossy Oak family folks coming on.
2: Yeah, which is Cuz Strickland.
3: Cuz Strickland. Strickland, the famous
2: Cuz Strickland, the famous Cuz Strickland. And, and, and kind of, you know, what what we're going back to is when we did our meeting with all of our uh, Mossy Oak regional managers um, in West Point, Mississippi, and and Cuz we did a we, we did an interview with Cuz at the time, and and actually got to. Sit down with him right you know face, and, to, and face. face to face and, 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 and talk to him and you know he's just first off he's he's a great guy
3: he's very engaging
2: yeah yeah he, he's, he's very engaging but I mean you know where he started uh, with with Mossy Oak Oak and, and how he got started and, and you know and where he is now and where they are now with technology is it's unbelievable yeah it's good stuff you know so so we're going to hear from him for, for most of the show. You and I will be back and forth, but it, it. I look forward to to hearing it again, simply for the fact that a lot of times when you're when you're interviewing somebody like that, you really don't hear what they're saying. You're you're trying to, you know, watch the clock and 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 do all the cues and everything. And so I, I'm I'm really interested to to hear Cuz Strickland today on on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show.
3: Well, I mean, and you, and you talked about it. I mean, you think about the Mossy Oak family and, and camouflage in general and where it's come in the last eight or ten years it's kind of like technology it's taken a quantum leap yeah. and it's really neat to see a guy like Cuz Strickland who's come from a military style family moved around the country a little bit yeah. and how humble he still is you yeah. know he he doesn't take for granted his position with the company and and how he and Toxie and the rest of the boys have done and it's really kind of interesting to to get a uh, you know a take on his his lifestyle and where he came from and and how mossy oak and how it got started right. so enough it'll be a great interview
2: enough of of listening to us let's uh, let's go talk to coz listen to coz
4: yeah i was like 10 months 10 months after he got started They his first shot show it was actually one of the shot shows in houston On when we were had there and i was there
5: was it even called the shot show back then yeah it wasn't was. It really yeah
4: you know, technically i think i've been to all the shot shows that's how old i am but. <laughs> <laughs> they had my wife actually found their booth it was a tiny little booth they had a huge column one of their structural columns in their booth and they wrapped it in mossy oak and she come and got me and said there's a couple of guys from mississippi with the camo pattern i went and met him and and looked. what what were you doing there i was i was working in a sporting goods store but at the time i was buying stuff for the nbs national buying syndicate archery stuff cause okay they, it was bow hunting was kind of Getting really started back then and they, not many sporting goods stores were into it. And I knew all the sporting goods stores kind of in Mississippi and Alabama and stuff. So I was buying for the MBS, Arrows and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, she brought me over there and I met Tyson. and them and I, first time I glanced at the pattern, you know, turkey hunting went off in my mind and I, I if I wasn't the first order they wrote for the store I was working at, I was probably the second one. But anyway, I went home, and I started opening accounts for him. And he called me and said, dude, you're selling more than we are. You've got to come to work
2: for us. Mm-hmm. Cool.
4: Yeah, that was a long time ago. Hey, Kirk, it's,
2: it's interesting doing that, that interview, uh, you know, talking to Cuz and stuff. And, and he talked, you know, it, it, a lot of it started out with his, with his father. Right. And Cole, Cuz told us about his father's passion and, and, and how it worked for him. Check this out.
4: My dad was a lifelong military guy and he was also, uh, when he retired, he was the sports editor for the local paper, but his passion in life was fishing and he just literally fished me out by the time I was 14 or 15. I mean, it was unbelievable. We never owned a boat and we lived in Natchez and we had all that, the levee structures, all those bar pits that came up when mm-hmm. they dug the levee structure and we used to walk the banks of those things and, he was, we used to go squirrel hunting and we would take the squirrel's tails and sell them for 25 cents each to the MEPS company. They, they still do they, that. They, they
2: do. They still do that.
4: I'll be darned. And yeah. we had, uh, all he had was Mitchell 300, old bell type reel. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was a big fisherman. And I still I, I've gotten into a lot more since the grandkids have come about. Sure. And, uh, I got a little pond out there on my place. It's, uh, I put some catfish and brim and stuff in it. I'm way more about, being the sponsor and the official bait hooker and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's hard to find time. Still love it, but I, I learned early on that offshore was not my deal.
2: The one thing that's oh, interesting about Cuz, you know, you, you, you watch this you know, old Mississippi boy on TV, this, that, and the other, but he, he loves to play golf. Does he really? I mean, he he absolutely loves to play golf. And and, the, and and during this interview, I didn't know this. He actually did a show on the Golf Channel. How about that? With Mossy Oak.
4: That's a, yeah. Okay. I,
2: it's it's very interesting. You you, you got to listen to this.
4: I Love it. I love it. And, you know, it's one of them things that you know you hadn't got to be real good at. <laughs> Toxie's got a great saying about golf. He says, "Look, if you can't break 80, You ain't got any business playing, and if you can break 80, you ain't got any business. (laughs) Because it takes a long time to get to, but you know, we, uh, I've loved to have, have played it for my whole life. I hadn't played much this year at all, but we used to have a show on the golf channel called Second Season. It only aired one year. Really? I'm telling you, that was an interesting path right there because I, I follow the golfers pretty close. Mm-hmm. we got some neat guys. You know, we sponsor a little bit, Boo Weekly. And yeah. I've been following. By golfers. the
5: way, hit the line of clothes that, that have the moss yoke and yeah. that
4: Boo wears, stuff is nice. They talk about him on TV all the time, mm-hmm. so especially if he's in contention. But it's uh, the crossover. I used to keep him up on the computer just watching, you know, who's playing well. And but you start pulling, I pulled up the bios in one time, and out of the top 125, seventy something guys had listed hunting and fishing, and mostly hunting is their number one thing. And I said, there's something to that.
2: And there there is something to that. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know, but you know, when I when I caddied on tour years ago, all those guys, all the majority of them wanted to talk hunting and fishing. You wouldn't think a bunch of PGA tour professionals. Would want to talk hunting,
3: but no, you it, really it, wouldn't, but that really takes an interesting turn,
4: doesn't it?
2: It, it certainly does. And a little bit more on the golf channel and, uh, and, and what cuz did with Davis Love the third, who's from St. Simon's, Georgia.
4: You know, we did a show with Davis Love. We went down there and filmed him on that place. And, uh, it was, it was a pretty amazing story. Anyway, he killed a turkey finally with an old double barrel belonged to his grandpa. And he did the best interview talking about, you know, people tell me I need this and. I need this kind of gun, and, you know, it's not that he couldn't afford whatever he wanted, but he said, every time I take this gun in the woods, I feel like he's with me. Mm -hmm. So we made that the focal point of the whole show, and, you know, after that show aired on the Golf Channel, his mother called me and said, I've always wondered why they like to hunt and fish, and especially hunting. She said, I finally think I understand, Hmm. and that's one of the biggest compliments they ever got, but... Getting that show on the, the golf channel was a bit of a, a bit of a journey. Yeah, the first bet. time I went down there, I don't even know how I got an appointment, but I was surrounded by guys in suits <laughs> and I made my little pitch and the, one of the guys looked at me and said, all right, let me get this straight. <laughs> Your name's cuz. You want to do what on the golf channel? But, uh, it was pretty successful. You know, we, uh, we ran it for a year and it was hard selling the hunting world to come onto the golf channel. So. But we still have all we did. Jack Nicholas and Davis Love and Fuzzy Zeller and those guys. You mean you talking about passion about the outdoors? They're just like you guys. Yeah, absolutely they are. Golf's what they do, but hunting and fishing is what they love. You, you you brought
5: up the the old double barrel shotgun. Do you have a gun like that?
4: Absolutely, do. I got a lever action, old lever action, thirty thirty, and uh I got the same one. My, my dad gave me, I have an older brother and he gave us these guns. He gave him a 35 Remington and me a 3030. And the 3030 is the one I killed the big, big deer with I killed in 1981. Mm -hmm. And, uh, after that, I just kind of put it up every once in a while. I'll go grab it and look at it because that was, it's just, it means so much, you know, and just. I got the
2: same exact gun for
4: my dad. The the old Winchester Lover Action 3030. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: Still love to shoot it. Model 94? Yep. Yep, Model 94. I mean it's a it's a fifties 50s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. I mean it's it's an old gun. Did you kill a deer with it? I've killed numerous deer with it. Uh, iron sights. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the first gun
5: that I ever had was a thirty thirty but it wasn't the Winchester, it was the Marlin model.
4: Three thirty six C. Three thirty six C that's it, what mine
5: is. Yep. Yeah, and uh, uh but the gun that really has the most meaning to me it was my, my grandfather grandfather on my mother's side. Was an avid gun collector for years and was an avid hunter. And he actually passed down to me a, uh, Savage 250 3 uh, Savage, which had the old rotary carbine with the little hole in it. it would tell you how many shells was in the rotary clip. Wow. And I still have it to this day and, and, you know, constantly take it out and hold it down and clean it and stuff. And a few years ago and I'd never killed a deer with it, you know, cause I knew that it was an older gun. It was, you know, not that it had, value but it had importance to me i want to take care of it but i took it out and and actually hunted with it in fargo and i never killed deer with it yet really? no but i've taken it out you know and, and and it was never about actually taking an animal with it but it was just carrying it mm-hmm. yeah. it had such a special meaning to me because that gun was my grandfather's and on top of that the 253,000 savage was one of the pioneers in plains big game hunting uh back in the 40s yeah. i mean that was you know and the reason they had the two fifty three thousandths was because it was one of the first guns ever to be over three thousand feet a second, and it was a big deal. Yeah,
4: you, you know, you know what you're, you and Kevin both are sitting there explaining, is why it's so hard to get people in to hunting, because you guys had mentors, mm-hmm. going back, I don't know how many generations, and there's so many people, especially nowadays, that don't have that. You can't go to the, to the municipal golf course and get a lesson. For an hour or something like that you got to reach out and find so that's why it's so hard to keep people in it that's why I get on the soapbox sometime about this big deer thing I had a girl a lady down here with the farms company meeting the other day and she was talking about her she got into this business and loved it and finally got to go on a hunt and her first hunt was a bear hunt and she killed a, a average bear wasn't really big and when she got it back to camp all these guys were making fun of her because it wasn't a big bear and she said she almost quit hunting and she she just made up her mind you know what i'm gonna keep doing it because i enjoyed it so that's what that's what we got to do is reach out and get people involved in it and i always tell people you don't have to start a foundation or anything you just walk up down your neighborhood there's some guy that lives close to you that hadn't had the chance that's dying to do it everybody Wants to live that lifestyle, they just they're so intimidated because they don't know how to do it. You
5: know, the challenge is finding a place yeah. to be able to do that. That's probably the hardest thing that that a lot of people face is finding the opportunity, not because they don't know somebody or that they're not willing. It's just they don't have the the real estate to go do it.
4: Well, you know, in the in the whole country now, it's not. The, the whole, the whole dividing line, it's not north, south, or black, white, or whatever it is, it's rural versus urban. And it's just that urban mentality, they don't understand. People, you are what your environment of, they don't, they don't have a clue. That's why we work so hard with, uh, John Anoni up in, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. He started Camp Compass and he works with nothing but inner city kids. And it's amazing to see what those inner city kids go through their transformation because this whole group, that's who Boo Weekly, that's his charity that mm-hmm. he raises money for on the PGA. But he takes inner city kids, and, you know, once they get their, their attitude and their grades and their conduct to a certain level, then they get to start traveling. And I've taken dozens and dozens of these kids, and I'll never forget the first one I ever took, I was asking him after the weekend, he would killed a deer, I said, what was your favorite thing? And he looked me square in the eye and he said, I felt safe. And I said, what do you mean? And he started telling me about the walk he had from his house to his school and what he went through. And he said, I felt like everybody here had my back. And I realized what a bubble I lived in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause you got to involve that, you know, something in the schools or something like that. So they'll, they'll, people love it. Once they, it's just like you said, they got to find a place to do it. Kirk,
2: a really good interview with Cuz. We need to take a quick break here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Folks, just to let you know, we're, we're, we're doing a little interview uh, with Cuz Strickland uh, when we were at West Point, Mississippi in June, and uh, that's what you're listening to during the, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I, I know that I was there, and, and uh, but it's, it's fun listening to it again.
3: Yeah, it's really interesting how it all turned out, especially the uh, reflection on Camp Compass.
2: Yeah, yeah, no question. Folks, you're listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show and more of Cuz Strickland when we come back.
6: You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things, from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, President of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby. It's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with hunt Life.
4: America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequalled effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's Outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at Mossy oak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. It's not a passion. It's an obsession.
0: There was the explosion. And I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them.
6: To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org.
1: And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show.
2: Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and, and today we're doing a, kind of a cool show, Kirk. Um, yeah, it's really. Yeah, we're, we're, we did an interview with uh, Ronnie Cush Strickland in West Point, Mississippi, in June, and we're just kind of replaying that. Uh, some of the some of the segments that you're listening to were, were not aired, right? You know, so it's uh, let's let's go. He, he talks here, you know, because he, I, I know you read his books. Yep. I've read his books. They're great and he talks a lot about being an author right here. And yeah, I
4: did the the turkey thing, the truth, the whole the truth, and nothing but the truth. I've
2: three
5: books,
4: right? Three books. Yep. I'm almost halfway done with the fourth book.
5: Which I'm, is gonna be titled Gar Holes. Gar holes.
4: <laughs> Love those but, stories. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: we Didn't kinda, we used to have a guy he... call the, a show called? It uh, gave us the gar report? When did Jerry Blunt call in and give the gar yeah. report? Yeah.
4: So why why the, why the title of Garhole? Well, that coin that that term was was coined many 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 years ago with a good buddy of mine who's actually one of the turkey thugs, Bubba Bruce. He sent me to a place. He he made this. We were bow hunting. He he made he said you got to go to this spot because he was going on shifts and he couldn't. He drew me this elaborate map and he said the deer are crossing. It's a funnel down by the river. It was an elaborate plan. And anyway, it, I, I go into this place with a. a Climber on my back, and it took forever. It was in October, and it was hot. But anyway, I, I get in the dark, and I find the tree. that I think he's talking about. and I climb this tree in the dark, and I hear this splashing. I'm like, oh my man, the deer just—they are they're doing just what he said. And as it got brighter and brighter, there was a part of a bar pit that had drained, and there was one little hole down on the end that was full of guards. And uh, he knew that was there wasn't a deer track within you know <laughs> a half a mile of that place, so. Every time we go to a crummy place, I said yes. Called the gar hole. the gar We did a TV show about that 10 years ago. Now you hear that term everywhere, but I learned a long time ago. When I do a seminar, and I've done thousands, I'll look out across that crowd, and I'll say, look, half you people know as much about hunting as I do. The other half probably know more. But this is what I've learned carrying that camera and traveling. People like to be entertained. You know, there's great hunters and fishermen everywhere.
5: Oh they, yeah, they ain't on yeah.
4: TV and they ain't on the radio. I I, I meet them every day, so you know Garholes is just kind of however many 24 chapters of some of the goofy stuff that happens. You know, from 30 something years on the road, you know deer and elk and all at waterfowl. Of
5: all of all your travels and filming, what's what's the one TV show that you've done that you remember the most?
4: Well, you know. The first thing pops in your mind is, uh, you know, something with your family, which is personally special to you. But without question, my favorite episode is the one I did with Tom Kelly, the first one. He's, uh, to that, whether right now he's 84 years old, but he was kind of my, my, my Mickey man. Of I can't, I can't watch it. It's, uh, we called it an afternoon on the handles. He wrote a chapter in a mm-hmm. book called that. and He had sent me the manuscript for this. The book wasn't out yet. And it was about his good friend Jim Hart Andrews, who had passed away. It was his 50-year turkey hunting buddy who had just died, and anyway, we went turkey hunting, and we uh, actually went to the cemetery where his buddy was buried, and got him out there. And I've seen it when we put that thing together. You know, I, I still to this day. I was at the Virginia coal mining show, and there'll be this guy that comes up that's six eight with a big beard, arms as big as my legs. And he'll start talking about it, and tears just flow down and uh, it's it's and when you awesome. do that, you know mm-hmm. you reach some people mm-hmm. and, and plus you know Tom Kelly's just a a hero. we're redoing one of the shows uh the obsession show, and we're changing the name of it this year. we call it the Obsession revealed it's about to be called inside the Obsession where I can really relate more to people, a lot of people in this company but different folks, and one of the segments in it's called. Now, that's cool. And the first one, I'm going to tell a story about Tom Kelly. He was telling me about back in the 40s when he went turkey hunting, there wasn't a such thing as turkey vest or any of that stuff. He would roll up a Life magazine, which if you've ever seen one, they were
5: huge. Mm -hmm.
4: Put it in his back pocket. And when he got ready to sit down to a turkey, which was rare, he would unroll that magazine and sit down on that magazine. Now that's cool. <laughs> yeah, for his, for his pad. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's little things that I'm telling the younger generation that really get into hunting. They they love that stuff. They eat that stuff up. I, I got
5: a good one for you. Uh, for That would be uh, for that's cool. Uh, years ago, when I used to go and have an annual hunt on the Navajo Indian Reservation with Mike Colonna, who Kevin has met and was in my wedding, good friend of mine that full blooded Navajo, we, and we'd go out there in October. In muzzle load for mule deer, and so Mike had all the camping gear, and you know, so I'd fly out to Albuquerque and get a rental car, and we, you know, I'd meet him in Window Rock, Arizona, the tribal capital of this, you know, twenty million dollar or twenty million acre reservation, and we'd load up the camping stuff in the back of his truck and in the rental that I had, and we'd head up the mountain with you know three or four guys, and you know, these were all, you know, uh, uh, members of the Navajo Nation, and well, one year Mike forgot the pants. For us to cook in, <laughs> we had all this food and no pots and pans. We had we had the coffee pot, which is critical, and we had the food, which is critical, but we had nothing to cook in. And so we're, we're riding around the first full day of hunting and after we got there and set up. Can't realize we didn't have no pots and pans. And we're riding down the road and we're looking for mule deer. And of course it's not a road. It's you know it's a three path or you know two path, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden i was looking around and. So whoa, 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 stop the truck, stop the truck. And I told Mike to back up and there on the side of the road was an old hubcap.
4: <laughs>
5: and, uh, Mike said, we doing something that that hubcap is what we're going to cook in for the rest of the week. And we cooked in that hubcap for six days and all we did was clean it real good. And then we had some, uh, uh aluminum wrap and we just line it with aluminum wrap. And that's what we cooked in for six days. See,
4: I could do a TV show on that and then take that hubcap and put it on eBay. And sail it for. Myself. You know what? That's cool.
5: <laughs> the other thing that, uh, that I've never the, the, another one that actually happened out there was uh, my invention or my idea for the bumper dumper. <laughs> oh God.
3: Oh boy, here we go. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
5: here well, we go. I mean, I remember being out there, and you'd be, you know, hunting and stuff, and you know, you. They don't use, show that stuff on TV. No, and you'd have yeah. to use the bathroom, and well, come to find out that somebody had already come up with the bumper dumper, which was a toilet seat that would go in the Reese hitch. Oh, okay. I'd come back, I thought I had just invented the latest, greatest thing for the true Western outdoorsman, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the the Navajos, and this is true, would actually take two. Uh, not very large logs and cross them where they would cross just a little bit at the end and lean it against a tree and then use twine and tie a log down low and then one up higher, and then they would sit on the lower one and lean back against the top one, and that was, that was their portage on.
2: If you do a show on that, cuz, I'll tell you that. No, that, I'll tell you what. He either talks about the bathroom or eating. Well, oh, it's part hey. of your day-to-day life. I mean, right.
5: I mean, to me, I thought that was cool that they'd come up with this idea that, you know, you create a bathroom and they dig a hole, you know, underneath it. Yeah. Did the, they have the, a
2: magazine right? <laughs>
5: no, that'd be a good picture to have. Yeah. <laughs> what else have you got for that's cool?
4: Well, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't got that far yet. There's so many things. A lot of them are in these book chapters. I've done, you know, I've, 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 I think I've written eight or nine chapters. And I, one of the first things is I took this, uh, one of the chapters is called Ten Dollar Boots. And uh, I think this, this guy who was like, at the time, he was like the editor or the publisher of Outdoor Life. And he had, on his trip with me out west, and uh, we were hunting whitetails, and it was in uh, Montana, and he had all this high-tech equipment and everything, and he had forgotten his boots. Well, we're in the middle of nowhere, so the only thing I can find is a hardware store, and they had $10, $10 boots. And he almost died. It got so <laughs> cold, but... It was so funny looking at this guy who had absolutely – he looked like he just walked out of a Cabela's book. He had everything, high-dollar binoculars. I mean, everything. And you look down at his feet, he's $10 got these, these $10 That's green great. rubber boots on. But in the end, I got a picture of it, and that was pretty cool that he survived That is that, cool. So.
5: You know, it, part of this uh, process that Kevin is participating in, this Mossy Oak Pro staffing they have uh, all the Mossy Oak partners and licensees come in and, and – talk about their latest and greatest products what's what's the one mossy oak licensed product or logo product that you just
4: can't live without oh man there's so many of them out there it's just it's it's unbelievable there's there's some there's some great stuff out there i'll tell you what uh i mean it just depends on what time of the year it is turkey Uh, season turkey season Well, you you know, the thermosail pops into my head, not that he's a big licensee right now. You know, we do a show called Turkey Thugs, and it's an amazing show because none of these guys are celebrities. They're just the best turkey hunters I've ever been with that I personally know. They're all old like me, and they're old school. But it's a series of questions, and one of the questions I ask them, all right, besides your calls and your gun, you got one thing you can put in your vest, what would it be? And I think three of them have thermosail because they hunt so much in the south. It's mm-hmm. just unbelievable.
2: Uh, we know all about the thermosail.
4: Oh, we live and die
3: by those things.
2: <laughs> Lots of
3: skeeters around yeah, here. Yeah, there
2: is no question. Folks, you listen to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and uh, we're doing a little interview with Ronnie Cuz Strickland, and we'll hear more of him when we come back right after this break with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun. You have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com. Because Hunt Life knows, it's all about the outdoor experience.
4: Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better.
0: Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223.
5: I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage. Through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jake's, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world.
1: And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show.
2: Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and uh, we're, we're doing a little interview with Ronnie coz Strickland. Uh, this, this interview was done, Kirk, in, in June, right? When, when Jeff and I were at West Point, Mississippi, and, and one thing that's near and dear to our hearts is the NWTF. That's right. You know, right. you and I and, and, and Jeff, all of us, we we attend as many, uh, you know, NWTF banquets as possible, and, and Ronnie coz Strickland is, is involved with the NWTF, and we'll hear about it.
4: I love the NWTF. I always have. We... It goes back so far, and, uh you know, I got involved with the turkey calling contest and stuff many years ago, and it's just a great group. I've been around them, and I, there's a lot of great conservation groups. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, turkeys are close to me. And when you go to the NWTF uh, headquarters in Edgefield, South Carolina, you look in the parking lot and you see, pickup trucks mm-hmm. and it just does my heart good <laughs> yeah, it really does and you you get in the inner of that thing and you see how the money does come back but i was i was in an age in an era where i saw that take place i know what it means to trap and relocate turkeys and how they take off there it's just been phenomenal and i ain't saying there's there's great conservation officers and there's great landowners that have helped but at the center of that wheel that bullseye to get turkey on one, where it is is NWTF, and it's measurable what they've done, and plus it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's that's well. And,
5: and you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, Michael Waddell and Brenda Valentine are the three spokespersons for the NWTF going forward now, right?
4: Yeah, uh, you know they they call me and ask me what I would I do some of that, and I said I'll do whatever, and I'm going to be on their show starting in July. And they wanted me to do some tips and segments and stuff, which, you know, that's fine. And I'm sure, like, we'll produce them. But uh, I did a lot of – I do tons of stuff for them. I did – you know how you just promoted the local chapter doing mm-hmm. their thing? I did 20-something of those this year alone. I try not to say, no, you can't do them all, but it means something to those people to have somebody there where you sign them a book or a hat. And NWTF just kind of what I, one of the things I try to give back to, but – uh, TV, it's a powerful medium. It really is, especially in our, in our industry right now. So, yeah, I'll do whatever I can and, uh, I'm looking forward to, to working with those folks. I've met, I've I kind of befriended their new CEO and, uh, man, he's a great guy. He's steering the ship down the, down the right path and
5: George's doing a good
4: job. He is doing a great job. You know, he, he, I'm pretty sure now he said he had killed a turkey before. But uh, his first turkey he ever shot, I'm pretty sure, was right down there in Jacksonville with with us down there on that place. I believe so. it was.
2: We, we we had him on the air,
4: yeah.
2: And and we always have that question at the end of the show. You know, okay, if you had <laughs> if you had one hunt to do, to do for rest you of know, here, here, President of NWTF. Okay, so we're thinking, okay, so he's gonna say go to Wyoming and kill mm-hmm. a Merriam. He goes, no. He goes, I'd like to go to to my property in Georgia and quail hunt. Like, wait a minute! <laughs> wait a minute! You're yeah. you're the, you're the president of the NWTF. I mean, you'd say something about turkey hunting, but no, yeah. he, he wouldn't.
5: But we, I mean, we, we, we appreciated his honesty. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but it was kind of goes back to to your home place and mm-hmm. doing what you know and what you were raised to do.
2: Obviously, you know, big NWTF fan.
5: Big time, you yeah. know,
2: and it,
3: it's really neat to see what he talks about in in association with Mossy Oak and and how he really has. Uh, bought into the program as we all have
2: yeah and and uh, not only that but uh you know the 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 pro staff program that they're doing with that that you and i and jeff are part of and uh cuz took a moment to address you know what he sees as the most important thing mossy oak does
4: i got to give a little kudos to kevin here He, he says we have he's one of the thousands of our pro staff members which we do have but he's he's one of the elite guys there's only 20 or 30 of them here and they run that whole thing and I've been with Moss since 87 and it, it may be the most impactful thing we've ever done. And guys like Kevin, and you don't just end up on the Moss Pro process. Not that we're some kind of big elite company. It's just, you really got to know what you're doing. Plus you got to be able to deal with people. You got to have logistics skills and all that. So when we bring those guys in, which Kevin's been a part of, that's a pretty elite group that understands, uh, you know, what we do and hunting to the, to the nth degree. And it's a big event up here, and uh, he, he's a little modest talking about those thousands of guys because he is one of the very elite group guys. And that pro staff thing has changed the way we do business because really smart CEOs and people in the outdoor business, when we lay that out and say, look, we have access to these, these thousands of guys who can come to your store or do this, Nobody else out there does it. And we don't really have much to do with it. They kind of do it themselves.
5: Well, in the outdoors, you know, no matter how advanced that uh, even the outdoor industry becomes, the outdoors is still a
4: grassroots business. Mm -hmm. It's all about. That's not going to change. It's all about relationships. And I tell young guys that work for me all the time, I have some. I'm real, real, real old school, and sometimes that flies in the face of 20-year-olds coming out of college and all that, but I tell them it's all about relationships, and the way you build that is how you carry yourself, and uh, in the end, all you got is your reputation. You know, basically, we don't manufacture anything at Mossy Oak anymore. We, the only thing we really build is television. We license the patterns out, so we deal with a lot of different companies who are actually doing the cutting and so on and all that, but... It's picking up the phone, calling them, answering the phone when they call you. It's just all about how, like those 30 elite pro staff guys, it's how you conduct yourself.
5: Well, you, you say the only thing that Moss really makes anymore is television.
4: <laughs> the number has grown. Um, how many? Well, right now we're probably doing six or seven. There's a, a new show, The Gamekeepers, that rolls out in July. And it's, it's always a changing thing. We're trying to. Uh, stay on the cutting edge of what's entertaining because, and I, I think y'all probably touched on this, it's easy to drink the Kool-Aid of that big deer thing because mm-hmm. it's all in everybody's face. But, uh, And I talked to the pro staff guys the other day and I made a comment and I hope they didn't take it wrong. I said know this, I know what you guys do and all that and it's very few things we got going right now that touches our business more than them but I travel more than any of them. So I'm in front of our guy, the customers. You know, I, I did, I did, I don't know how many shows I did. I was looking at my summer calendars like, wow, you know, Cabela's Bass Pro. I did the Virginia Coal Miners show last year. Listen to this now, because they did some big, this big, huge coal equipment they used. They decorated it in Mossy Oak. They had stuff dipped and these big, huge machines going around, so they wanted a rep there. But anyway, spending two days. In West Virginia, with coal miners coming by, this is a big deal. They bring kids and stuff out there in school buses. You, you keep on top of what's important to that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it ain't always a 180-inch deer in Canada or something. Mm-mm. You know, So I, I got a pretty good feel for what's going on with the average guy. And we don't normally get caught up in that, how big's the deer, You because know, we grew up in a different era.
5: So. I appreciate that about Mossy because it's not always about the kill with the shows that you do and also killing something, you know, quote-unquote big. Yeah. You know, and, you know, what's its score? You know, the tape measure doesn't fly out. You know, everybody wants to shoot a big deer. It's a dream. But it's always relative. You know, every a big deer in Fargo, Georgia, where I hunted for years, compared to a big deer that may be in Lawrence County, Georgia, are two totally different things. I mean, a 120-class buck in Fargo, Georgia, is a giant. In Lawrence County, a 150, you know, people go, man, that's a nice buck. But they don't go, wow! You know, I mean, it's all different. It's all relative.
4: It's about the hunt. You know, I've been making TV for Mossy Oak. Our first big show aired on TNN in 94, so we've been doing a lot of that. And without question, watching the ratings, the best shows, always hunting becomes the backdrop. Because you found a character or a story. Mm-hmm. And you look at TV, what's going on right now? It's all about the good stuff that rate size is about people, characters, and stories. People love to be entertained and they will never get tired of hearing about us, about great characters. That's what happened with The Deadliest Catch when it came out. It was all about crab fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, it ain't about crab fishing anymore. It's about those about cap- personalities. Yep, that's right. And the ratings are through the roof. people. Are- I'm
5: actually reading uh, Captain Sig Hansen's book, North by Northwestern. Uh, I actually, uh, Kevin saw me, I, I got it on that Kindle deal, and I've been reading it. And it's, it's actually a, a very entertaining book, but I would have never have bought it if it wasn't for the
4: personalities that came out in that show. Well, I tell you, I, I was at the... At the archer show this year, I think it was the archer show or the shot show. And you, and you see hunting personalities and there's long lines to see this guy or this couple or whatever it is. And that's fine. And I, I, I get some of that to a point, but I saw this line. I think it was at the shot show and it was literally through the hall around the corners outside the door. And I'm like, well, who's there? It, I, I couldn't imagine. They all waiting yeah. for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, yeah. it wasn't for me because I was trying to get in the line, but it was, uh, one of the guys from swamp people the tree shaker shoot him he was at the shot show and there was a thousand times more people to see troy landry than it was to see any of the hunting personalities and it was because people could really relate to him great interview
3: oh awesome man it really gives you an idea who he is and how he addresses what he sees as some of the most important things for Mossy Oak and the pro staff team. It's pretty cool. Yeah,
2: a huge thanks to Roddy Cush Strickland for doing that interview, and we'll be right back with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a turkey hunter, we've all been there. You're on your eighth day of hunting the same gobbler, and every morning he's made you look silly. Your kids think you've lost your mind. Your wife's beginning to wonder if you're really turkey hunting. You keep telling yourself, this morning will be different. Conditions are perfect. 45 degrees, very little wind. And there is no moon. As you sit in the dark, your eyes get heavy. With your eyes closed, the whippoorwills keep you awake. And just before the sun rises, the familiar song of the Cardinal catches your attention because you know it won't be long until the game begins. You've decided this morning to be quiet. Just let him gobble on the roost. Just after daybreak, he does just that. You know it's him because his gobble is way too familiar. It's all you can do not to call back. You hear him fly down, and then you hear the hens start to call. You make one soft call and get the gun ready. First you see a hen, then all you see is a swinging beard. He comes into view, and you fold him up. This morning, you guessed right. What a cool feeling. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. Because at Hunt Life, they know
4: it's all about the outdoors experience. Visit them at HuntLife.com. You want to get really close to critters this fall? Then you'll have to try all-new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequalled effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossy Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak America's number one camo pattern just got better. We know the
5: future of hunting depends on our nation's youth, but did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting? until the age of 12 or even older. As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters afield are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesafield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield.
1: And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor show.
2: Welcome back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show, and it's myself, Kevin Favor, sitting in with Kirk Waltz and and, and our buddy Jeff. Is uh, I know what he's doing this weekend. He's doing out outdoor life research. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's doing um, some mowing. Yep, and he's doing some planting, food plotting, food plotting, which is
3: a good thing yeah. this time of year. I think we're all geared up in that.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Getting but, ready for hunting season.
2: But just, just, just again, Kirk, um, you know, a huge thanks to Ronnie Coe Strickland. I mean, he's, he, he really has become part of this show. Um, he, anything to do with, with promoting hunting, especially even fishing, you know, I mean, he talked a lot about that too. You know, he's, he's into it. Well, he comes across
3: as, a, as a very receptive person and very engaging in his personality. And he kind of brings the talk down to the folks. I mean, you can tell he, he's a good old country boy, and he's just real down to earth.
2: Yeah, he's you know he's 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 done he's done very well for himself. He's worked hard, and if you you know even during the interview, if you listen to him, I mean how you know how he's been with Mossy Oak since the mid '80s, I and know, he still travels more than anybody.
3: I know. I thought about that. 24 years, folks. 24 years since 1987. Thought, yeah, that's, it's come a long way since then.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he still does the grassroots thing. He gets out there and shakes hands and kisses babies.
3: Well, I think that's important. You know, in today's is? world, uh, in, engaging the public and, and kind of informing them and educating them on what hunting is all about in the outdoor life.
2: Well, it's it's our life.
3: Absolutely, man. <laughs> whether,
2: I wouldn't have it any whether, other way. Whether, would you? whether we're fishing or hunting, it's it, we're, we're always outdoors. Your skin looks like it too, by the way. I tell
3: you, man, I'm at peace at it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it was it was fun, man. I, I I know that um I was there at West Point, Mississippi for that interview, but it was it was wonderful being able to listen to it. Folks, I hope that y'all enjoyed it, and don't forget same time, same place next weekend, listen to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Have a good weekend.
5: Thank
1: you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com the Hot Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hot Life Productions. Copyright 2011.